story fifteen of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story fifteen grump's pet on a certain day in november eighteen fifty there meandered into the new mining camp of painter bar state of california an individual who was instantly pronounced all voices concurring the ugliest man in the camp the adjective ugly was applied to the man's physiognomy alone but time soon gave the word as applied to him a far wider significance in fact the word was not at all equal to the requirements made of it and this was probably what influenced the prefixing of numerous adjectives sacred and profane to this little word of four letters the individual in question stated that he came from nowhere in particular and the savage furtive glance that shot from his hyena-like eyes seemed to plainly indicate why the land of his origin was so indefinitely located a badly broken nose failed to soften the expression of his eyes a long prominent dull red scar divided one of his cheeks his moustache was not heavy enough to hide a hideous hair-lip while a ragged beard and a head of stiff bristly red hair formed a setting which intensified rather than embellished the peculiarities we have noted the first settlers who seemed quite venerable and dignified now that the camp was nearly a fortnight old were in the habit of extending hospitality to all newcomers until these latter could build huts for themselves but no one hastened to invite this beauty to partake of cracker pork and lodging-place and he finally betook himself to the southerly side of a large rock against which he placed a few boughs to break the wind the morning after his arrival certain men missed provisions and the ugly man was suspected but so depressing as one miner mildly put it was his aspect when even looked at inquiringly that the bravest of the boys found excuse for not asking questions of the suspected man ain't got no chum suggested bozen an ex-sailor one day after the crowd had done considerable staring at this unpleasant object ain't got no chum and's lonesome needs a cheerin up so bozen philanthropically staked a new claim near the stranger apart from the main party the next morning found him back on his old claim and volunteering to every one the information that stranger's a grump a regular grump from that time forth grump was the only name by which the man was known time rolled on and in the course of a month painter bar was mentioned as an old camp it had its mining rules its saloon blacksmith shop and faro bank like the proudest camp on the run and one could find there colonels judges doctors and squires by the dozen besides one deacon and a dominie or two still the old inhabitants kept an open eye for newcomers and displayed an open-hearted friendliness from whose example certain eastern cities might profit but on one particular afternoon the estimable reception committee were put to their wits end they were enjoying their otium cum dignitale on a rude bench in front of the saloon when some one called attention to an unfamiliar form which leaned against a stunted tree a few rods off it was of a short loose-jointed young man who seemed so thin and lean that black tom ventured the opinion that that there feller had better hold tight to the ground ter keep from fallin upwards 
his eyes were colourless his nose was enormous his mouth hung wide open and then shut with a twitch as if its owner were eating flies his chin seemed to have been entirely forgotten and his thin hair was in colour somewhere between sand and mud as he leaned against the tree he afforded a fine opportunity for the study of acute and obtuse angles his neck shoulders elbows wrists back knees and feet all described angles and even the toes of his shocking boots deflected from the horizontal in a most decided manner somebody ought to go say something to him said the colonel who was recognized as leader by the miners fact colonel replied one of the men but what's a feller to say to such a meanderin' boneyard as that might ask him for politeness sake to take a first pick of lots in a new burying ground but then perkins died last week you know say something somebody commanded the colonel and as he spoke his eyes alighted on slim sam who obediently stepped out to greet the newcomer mister said sam producing a plug of tobacco have a jaw i don't use tobacco languidly replied the man and his answer was so unexpected that sam precipitately retired then black tom advanced and pleasantly asked what's your favorite game stranger blind man's buff replied the stranger what's that inquired tom blushing with shame at being compelled to display ignorance about games anything like going up blind at poker poker i don't know what that is replied the youth he's from the country said the colonel compassionately and hadn't had the right schoolin'. perhaps continued the colonel he'd enjoyed a cockfight at the saloon to-night these country boys are pretty well up on roosters ask him tom tom put the question and the party in deep disgust heard the man reply oh, no thank you i think it's cruel to make the poor birds hurt each other look here said the good-natured bosun the poor lover's all gone in amidships see how flat his bread-basket is i say messmate continued bosun with a roar and a jerk of his thumb over his shoulder come and splice the main-brace no thank you answered the unreasonable stranger i don't drink the boys looked incredulously at each other while the colonel arose and paced the front of the saloon two or three times looking greatly puzzled he finally stopped and said the miserable rat isn't fit to be out of doors and needs taken care of come here feller called the colonel be kinder sociable don't stand there a-gawpin at us as if we was a menagerie the youth approached slowly stared through the crowd and finally asked is there any one here from pawkin centre no one responded some men went out to california from pawkin centre and i didn't know but some of em was here i come from there myself my name's mix the youth continued meanin no disrespect to your dad said the colonel mr mix senior oughtn't to have let you come out here you ain't strong enough you'll get fever and agur before you wash dirt half a day i ain't got no dad replied the stranger leastways he ran away ten years ago and mother had a powerful hard time since a bringin up the young uns and we thought i might help along a big sight if i was out here the colonel was not what in the states would be called a prayer-meeting man but he looked steadily at the young man and inwardly breathed a very earnest god have mercy on you all then he came back to the more immediate present and looking about asked who's got sleepin room for this young man 
i have quickly answered grump who had approached unnoticed while the newcomer was being interviewed everyone started and grump's countenance did not gather amiability as he sneakingly noticed the general distrust you needn't glare like that said he savagely i said it and i mean it come along youngster it's about the time i generally fry my pork and the two beauties walked away together while the crowd stared in speechless astonishment he won't make much out of that boy that's one comfort said black tom who had partially recovered from his wonder you can bet your eye teeth that his pockets won't pan out five dollars then what does he want of him queried slim sam something mean and underhand for certain said the colonel and the boy must be protected and i hereby appoint this whole crowd to keep an eye on grump and see he don't make a slave of the boy and don't rob him of dust and i reckon i'll take one of yer with me and keep watch of the old rascal to-night i don't trust him worth a dern that night the boys at the saloon wrinkled their brows like unto an impecunious committee of ways and means as they vainly endeavoured to surmise why grump would want that young man as a lodger men who pursued whittling as an aid to reason made pecks of chips and shavings and were no nearer a solution than when they began there were a number of games played but so great was the absent-mindedness of the players that several hardened scamps indulged in some most unscrupulous stocking of the cards without detection but even one of these after having dealt himself both bowers and the king besides two aces suddenly imagined he had discovered grump's motive and so earnest was he in exposing that nefarious wretch that one of his opponents changed hands with him even the barkeeper mixed the bottles badly and on one occasion just as the boys were raising their glasses he metaphorically dashed the cup from their lips by a violent i tell you what and an unsatisfactory theory finally the colonel arose boys said he in the tone of a man whose mind is settled tain't cause the youngster looked like lively company for he didn't tain't cause grump wanted to do him a good turn for tain't his style consequently thar's something wrong tom i reckon i take you along and tom and the colonel departed during the month which had elapsed since his advent grump had managed to build him a hut of the usual mining pattern and the colonel and tom stealthily examined its walls front and rear until they found crevices which would admit the muzzle of a revolver should it be necessary then they applied their eyes to the same cracks and saw the youth asleep on a pile of dead grass with grump's knapsack for a pillow and one of grump's blankets over him grump himself was sitting on a fragment of stone staring into the fire with his face in his hands he sat so long that the worthy colonel began to feel indignant to sit in a cramped position on the outside of a house for the sake of abused human nature was an action more praiseworthy than comfortable and the colonel began to feel personally aggrieved at grump's delay besides the colonel was growing thirsty suddenly grump arose looked down at the sleeping youth and then knelt beside him the colonel briskly brought his pistol to bear on him and with great satisfaction noted that tom's muzzle occupied a crack in the front walls and that he himself was out of range a slight tremor seemed to run through the sleeper 
and no wonder said the colonel when he recounted the adventure to the boys anybody'd shiver to have that catamount glaring at him grump arose and softly went to a corner which was hidden by the chimney gone for his knife i'll bet whispered the colonel to himself i hope tom don't spile my mad by firing fust grump returned to view but instead of a knife he bore another blanket which he gently spread over his sleeping guest then he lay down beside mix with a log of wood for a pillow the colonel withdrew his pistol and softly muttered to himself a dozen or two enormous oaths then he arose straightened out his cramped legs and started to find tom that worthy had started on a similar errand and on meeting the two stared at each other in the moonlight as blankly as a couple of well-preserved mummies suppose the boys'll believe us whispered the colonel we can bring em down to see the show themselves if they don't replied tom the colonel's report was productive of the choicest assortment of ejaculations that had been heard in camp since natchez the leader of the vinegar gulch boys joined the church and commenced preaching the good-natured bosun was for drinking grump's health at once but the colonel demurred so did slim sam he's a-goin to make em work on cheers and some hocus-pocus arrangement and he can't afford to have em git sick that's what his kindness amounts to said sam or go for his gratitude and dust when he gets any suggested another and no one repelled the insinuation it was evident however that there was but little chance of either inquest or funeral from grumps and the crowd finally dispersed with a confirmed assurance that there would be one steady cause of excitement for some time to come next morning young mix staked to claim adjoining grump the colonel led him aside bound him to secrecy and told him that there was a far richer dirt further down the stream the young man pointed toward the hut and replied he said twas payin dirt and i ort to take his advice seein he give me a pick and shovel and pan said he'd have to get new ones anyhow thunder ejaculated the colonel more puzzled than ever knowing well how a miner will cling as long as possible to tools with which he is acquainted just wait till that boy gets a bag of dust said a miner when the colonel had narrated the second wonder the express agent'll be here next week to get what fellers wants to send to their folks the boy'll want to send some to his'n his bag'll be missin' about then just wait and if my words don't come true call me a greaser the colonel pondered over the prophecy and finally determined on another vigil outside grump's hut meanwhile grump's pet as mix had been nicknamed afforded the camp a great deal of amusement he was not at all reserved and was easily drawn out on the subject of his protector of whom he spoke in terms of unmeasured praise by the piper that played before moses said one of the boys one day if half that boy says is true some day grump'll have wings sprout through his shirt and be sitting on the sharp edges of a cloud and playin unto a harp just like the other angels as for grump himself he improved so much that suspicion was half disarmed when one looked at him nevertheless the colonel deemed it prudent to watch the pet's landlord on the night preceding the express day the colonel timed himself by counting the games of old sledge that were played at the end of the sixth game after dark he made his way to grump's hut and quietly located himself at the same crack as before 
the pet and his friend were both lying down but by the light of the fire the colonel could see the eyes of the former were closed while those of the latter were wide open the moments flew by and still the two men remained in the same positions the pet apparently fast asleep and grump wide awake the interior of a miner's hut though displaying great originality of design and ingenious artistic effects becomes after a time rather a tiresome object of contemplation the colonel found it so and he relieved his strained eyes by an occasional amateur astronomical observation on turning his head with a yawn from one of these he saw inside the hut a state of affairs which caused him to feel hurriedly for his pistol grump had risen upon one elbow and was stealthily feeling with his other hand under the pet's head ha ah, thought the colonel right at last slowly grump's hand emerged from beneath the pet's head and with it came a leather bag containing gold dust the colonel drew a perfect bead on grump's temple i'll just wait till you're stowing that away my golden-haired beauty said the colonel within himself and then we'll see what cold lead's got to say about it grump untied the bag set it upon his own pillow drew forth his own pouch and untied it the colonel's aim remained true to its unconscious mark if that's the game continued the colonel to himself i reckon the proper time to play my trump is just when you're a-pourin' from his bag into yourn it'll be as good a theatre to bring the boys up to see how twas done lord i wish he'd hurry up grump placed a hand upon each bag and the colonel felt for his trigger grump's left hand opened wide the mouth of pet's bag and his right hand raised his own in a moment he had poured out all his own gold into pet's bag tied it and replaced it under pet's head the colonel retired quietly for a hundred yards or more then he started for the saloon like a man inspired by a three days thirst as he entered the saloon the crowd arose any feller can say i lie meekly spoke the colonel and i won't shoot i wouldn't believe it if i hadn't seen it with my own eyes grumps poured all his gold into the pet's pouch the whole party in chorus condemned their optical organs to supernatural warmth some more energetic than the rest signified that the operation should extend to their lungs and lives but the doubter of the party again spoke mind yer said he to-morrow he'll be complaining that the pet stole it and then he'll claim all in the pet's pouch the colonel looked doubtful several voices expressed dissent bosin reviving his proposition to drink to grump found opinion about equally balanced but conservative it was agreed however that all the boys should hang around the express agent next day and should if grump made the pet any trouble dispose of him promptly and give the pet a clear title to all of grump's rights and properties the agent came and one by one the boys deposited their dust saw it weighed and took their receipts presently there was a stir near the door and grump and pet entered pet's gold was weighed his mother's name given and a receipt tendered thinks he's going to have conviction in writing whispered the doubter to the colonel but the agent finished his business took the stage and departed grump started to the door to see the last of it 
the doubter was there before him and saw a big tear in the corner of each of grump's eyes a few days after grump went to placerville for a new pick for the pet the old one was too heavy for a light man grump said pet himself felt rather lonesome working on his neighbor's claim so he sauntered down the creek and got a kind word from almost every man his ridiculous anatomy had escaped the grave so long he was so industrious and so inoffensive that the boys began to have a sort of affection for the boy who had come so far to help the folks finally some weak miner unable to hold the open secret any longer told the pet about grump's operation in dust great was the astonishment of the young man and puzzling miners gained sympathy from the weak eyes and open mouth of the pet as he meandered homeward evidently as much as a loss as themselves unlucky was the spirit which prompted grump in the selection of his claim it was just beyond a small bend which the run made and was therefore out of sight of the claims of the other men belonging to the camp and it came to pass that while pet was standing on his own claim leaning on his spade and puzzling his feeble brain there came down the run the great brodie chief of the jolly grasshoppers who were working several miles above mr brodie had found a nugget a few days before and in his exultation had ceased work and become a regular member of the bar a week's industrious drinking developed in him that peculiar amiability and humanity which is characteristic of cheap whisky and as pet was small ugly and alone brodie commenced working off on him his own superfluous energy poor pet's resistance only increased the fury of brodie and the family at pawkins centre seemed in imminent danger of being supported by the town when suddenly a pair of enormous stubby hands seized brodie by the throat and a harsh voice which pet joyfully recognized as grump's exclaimed let him go or i'll tear you into mincemeat curse you the chief of the jolly grasshoppers was not in the habit of obeying orders but grump's hands imparted to his command considerable moral force no sooner however had brodie extricated himself from grump's grasp than he drew his revolver and fired grump fell and the chief of the jolly grasshoppers his injured dignity made whole walked peacefully away the sound of the shot brought up all the boys from below they fit gasped the doubter catching his breath as he ran and the boy boys had to lay him out it seemed as if the doubter might be right for the boys found grump lying on the ground bleeding badly and the pet on his hands and knees how'd it come about asked the colonel of pet brodie done it replied grump in a hoarse whisper he pounded the boy and i tackled him then he fired the doubter went around and raised the dying man's head pet seemed collecting all his energies for some great effort and finally he asked what made you pour your dust into my pouch cause whispered the dying man putting one arm round pet's neck and drawing him closer cause i'm your dad give this to your mar and on pet's homely face the ugliest man at painter bar put the first token of human affection ever displayed in that neighbourhood the arm relaxed its grasp and fell loosely and the red eyes closed the experienced colonel gazed into the upturned face and gently said pet 
you're an orphan reverently the boys carried the dead man into his own hut several men dug a grave beside that of perkins while the colonel and doubter acted as undertakers the latter donating his only white shirt for a shroud this duty done they went to the saloon and the doubter called up the crowd the glasses filled the doubter raised his own and exclaimed boys here's corpse corpse is the best-looking man in camp and so he was for the first time in his wretched life his soul had reached his face and the judge mercifully took him while he was yet in his own image the body was placed in a rude coffin and borne to the grave on a litter of spades followed by every man in camp the colonel supporting the only family mourner each man threw a shovelful of dirt upon the coffin before the filling began as the last of the surface of the coffin disappeared from view pet raised a loud cry and wept bitterly at which operation he was joined by the whole party End of story 15